Hello, everybody. It's Graham Cove with another My Music. How's your week going? Uh, it really feels like it's uh, further down the week than it already is, and that's because we've had one of those bank holiday things again. I, it, most of you have been spending a lot of your weekend watching things on the TV. I ho hope you've enjoyed that. Uh, personally, uh, I spent as much of yesterday out and about as possible in the fresh air. Uh, in a minute, I'm going to be speaking to my wonderful friend, Nadia. Uh, but first, we're going to have this little video from the wonderful Analog Trash. Nadia, I hope you enjoyed that video. Uh, guests have been commenting of late on their various favourite bits from that video. Was there anything that stood out for you? Was it the cat? Was it the, <laughs> the cat did stand out? <laughs> yeah, the cat's cool, isn't it? It's the one thing you like, don't expect. The kind of like it's like oh puppets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's actually from a spray video, um, and spray I, I have to announce spray actually who are on analog trash will be taking part in tim's listening party very soon amazing that's brilliant which which will be which will be a highlight uh, and of course um spray were involved in a eurovision song contest entry many years ago as well nice. they didn't do particularly well but it it was a it was an entry um do you follow eurovision song contest at all or not not really, I have to say. Um, I did when I was younger, but I feel like I grew up in Spain and I think that Eurovision in the UK is like a much bigger thing than it is in Spain. Everyone watches it in Spain, but I don't think I've ever seen anyone dress up in Spain for a Eurovision party and stuff like that. So I, I used to watch it, but I think I as I became a musician, I stopped watching it. Exactly right. I do feel <laughs> like it was something that was much more relevant when I was a kid. I don't know. Maybe it just felt like more of an occasion than something else like that. Um, I remember Bucks Fizz winning with Making Your Mind Up. I, You know, for many years, I haven't watched it at all. It just became a bit of a political yeah. vote thing. Yeah. Didn't really I, I don't know. I, I think I used to watch it as a kid because that's what you do. And I remember when Spain won when I was a kid. But the mo I think the moment I picked up a guitar, I started watching it. Yeah. And you got yeah. into proper music. <laughs> dare we say it. What 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 were your prevailing memories of uh, music as a as a child? I loved music like since I was a little kid. I was obsessed with the Beatles when I was a little kid. Really? Um, wow. Yeah. So my my uncle's a musician and he loved the Beatles. So uh we had Beatles one, like the compilation. Yeah. at home as of course it's always a compilation um and this is uh, the red and the blue albums right yeah and i just i i had a i was just obsessed with them and i had a hard day's night the film and i would just watch it over and over again wow um and i was just yeah i don't know why and up until i was about 
17 or maybe even 18. I'd get emotional every time I'd hear Paul McCartney sing. Wow. So, yeah. And my parents would see him live when I was about seven or something or eight. And I remember the day because they didn't take me. And I physically remember being at home with my grandma being so upset because they never, never took me. But they, <sighs> they brought back the um, uh, Back in the World like DVD because that was the tour. Yeah. And I've, I've rinsed that to like the maximum. <laughs> oh. And I, I guess I guess they didn't take you because you were too young and it would have been a long day and, yeah. and all of those sort of things. But yeah. And they probably enjoyed it more without me, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all of those things. We've I think we've all got kind of stories like that. I was actually taken in my mum's womb to a, a, a gig which was Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd playing together. Mad. That's pretty good. Yeah. She didn't enjoy it. One eye ate her. Um, but I probably did. And I yeah. and I blame Some and kin. I blame I blame her going to that gig for, for my kind of interest in music. So you know. You she know said that. there was too much smoke of a certain kind about during that gig. <laughs> I can't even imagine um that a uh, uh, young mother taking a, a son to that kind of thing nowadays but you know things were different back then my mum fed me on evaporated yeah. milk when I was young yeah <laughs> that was that was you know the the done thing to do so yeah. so the Beatles ha has any of that stuck with you oh yeah absolutely like yeah. I what yeah. era of the Beatles in particular is there a, is there is there an era of the it, Beatles that really it changes like it would just change with the mood. I mean, when I was younger, I loved a hard day's night. Um, I mean, my favorite song when I was a kid by the Beatles was I can't buy me love, I uh, can't buy me love, sorry. And I think it's just like the happier, like they have loads of like I don't know, melodies. They're just so good that they could just they just appeal to children as well. Um, but as I grew older I got into like the more obscure stuff and it just depends and on the mood. It literally depends on the mood. Actually, when you listen to those early Beatles albums, and there's a lot of happy sounding yeah. songs, so hard, isn't it? I mean, to actually write a half decent, happy sounding song is not easy, is it? Without it no, sounding no. cheesy. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, most of my songs are sad, so I don't, I don't have anything to say <laughs> in our front. Um, but yeah, the, the early albums are a bit more, yeah, just just happier and. As you go down to Revolver and stuff, it just gets more, yeah, darker and. It does. Cooler. I think it does cooler. in terms of the tone. Yeah. However, if you think about it, Hard Day's Night, you know, working like if you think about the lyrics to that, I mean, actually, it's not it's, even happy. It's not even happy. It's not. It's not, a, happy it's not happy. It's a slog, isn't it? Yeah. It's, you know, it's actually. It's quite depressive if you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. When I come home to you, I like the things that you do, but it's almost like a nine to five kind of treadmill thing in a way, really. That it's like, oh, I'm going to go back and do that again the next day. But even just like harmonically, it's it's kind of like happy, but it's not happy. Yeah, it's, it's probably a lot to do with the harmonies between them. It just makes it sound anyway. Yeah, it it's it a lot of lot, a lot of layers too. <laughs> yeah. When did you first start writing music for yourself? I think the first song I wrote must have been 12 or 13. Wow. I used to like um, 
I wrote a few poems when I was like a kid and stuff. Um, but I wasn't like a child musician or I want I loved music and and I grew up on the Beatles and Queen Abba and the Eagles and and I wanted to be like my uncle when I was like, like around seven or something and I I got a guitar for Christmas and I never played it because I just wanted I, I didn't want to do the legwork really I was just like oh cool I just want to play was and it, I never was it, I never did was it a hard guitar to play though that's the thing no it was it was a nylon string oh, like, was it? Yeah. yeah like children's size guitar I don't know I I just never I never had lessons so I just my uncle would teach me every now and then and I just never did it and then when I was 12 well actually no I must have been younger maybe like 10 or 11 I got obsessed with Avril Lavigne right um to the point where I was like going I, I was going to bed and I couldn't sleep because I had like the songs in my head and stuff um and my parents took me to see her in Manchester uh Manchester Arena and I'd never played, never sung, nothing. And I was just like, I want to do that. And I picked the guitar up and I taught myself how to play it. And here we are. <laughs> it's got to be something that motivates you, isn't it? It's got to be something that pushes you over that that line. You yeah. know, because it is hard work. This is what this is what a lot of people don't understand is that you know all of these uh, all of these cool people. <laughs> that you see maybe as pop stars or whatever that have made it they've they've been nerds at one point in fact they are still nerds you know because we all it, are. yeah because it, it's not you don't suddenly pick up a guitar one day and go oh look i can write all of these great songs no you know there's there's that bit where you just you're rubbish etc it's one of the things i really love <laughs> about um modern day culture in a way and actually the way that we now get storytelling around music i mean we, st we started watching the ed sheeran documentary last night that's currently out on on disney um i do like the fact that modern day celebrities within music who have made it are happy to kind of share that journey and actually you know we don't mystify it anymore and go well you know they suddenly seem to have risen from something from nowhere and it's been like you yeah. know but it, they they're they're happy to say look actually you only get to do this if you put in the leg work you only get to do this if you've you suck at first <laughs> <laughs> and you know that's important isn't it i mean it's important for for people to share that so that it's inspiring in a way for for young people coming through to actually hear that and go well yeah okay at the moment i'm there but i can get to there yeah i, I mean it's like everything if you want something you need to work for it and you might have some sort of ability a natural ability but if you don't work at it you're never going to get better i've i've heard i've seen I can't remember what, it was an interview of Ed Sheeran. He was just playing some of his like very early like vo voice memos. <laughs> it's horrendous. Oh yeah, it was on Jonathan uh, Ross. That's it. That's it. That's the one. And he plays this song, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, it's terrible. Know, I'm gonna play this, and 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 he starts with the guitar strumming, and it's like, and they're all like, well, that's not too bad. And then he starts to sing, and it's like awful, absolutely yeah. awful. 
But yeah, yeah he's ha- he's had to he's had to work really hard at his voice, and you know, but look at the confidence that he now has. That yeah. he just literally go anywhere on any stage, just stand up on the car the car in the middle of New York. I saw and that, yeah. yeah, brilliant, right? Yeah. I mean, that takes a lot of confidence, but that confidence comes from practice. That confidence comes from actually putting the hours in and knowing that you can do this now because you've you've proved to yourself first yeah. and then other people that you can do it yeah and no, absolutely it's it's all practice and that's why it's there's this conversation about like grassroots venues and stuff disappearing is so important like you will never be able to play a stadium or an o2 arena if you've not played a small venue because there's it's just impossible. It's literally impossible. Oh, I've not played a stadium, but <laughs> I'd love but to. Yeah, no, it's, it is. It's absolutely fundamental. I mean, when when I first started in the band and like I was fourteen, we used to find anywhere that we could play. Right? Yeah, I've Any, played everywhere as well, and, and you have to. You just have yeah. to. We used to print flyers. We used to, you know, we used to hire church halls village halls whatever and put on our own little gig and sit sit people and punish them in front of us so that we could play and you know get get good at what you do because without that without that playing in front of an audience without that you know you can't do it yeah, it's part of practice as well, isn't it? At the same time, it's practicing what you do, but in front of an audience so that you learn what works and what doesn't work and etc. What have you had to work at, if you're honest, over, over the years? Everything. I mean, I when I started playing guitar, I taught myself. Um, I had to, I started playing the piano. I've had singing lessons. Um, I've had to work on my confidence. I used to go on stage and play an entire hour set and not even say my name oh wow i'd go up start playing song after song say thank you that's what i say and that's it and look at the floor that's that I, i've always been a shy person i was a very shy like child as well i would struggle to go to like to i don't know buy some clothes and go and pay i was mm. i was that shy and then I decided I wanted to go on a stage in front of people to play my songs that I was writing in my bedroom. So it's like, why would you even do that? But there's something about it. And yeah. I had to work at that. And I had I had to play loads of gigs where people were like, that was great, but it would be nice to know the names of the songs. And I was like, oh, yeah, I should probably say the names of the songs. And you just build and build. And I grew up, I, I never had a band when I was younger. It was just me. And then I came to London and I always wanted to make like, band music so I recruited the boys and I had to learn how to be part of a group and how to also kind of command a group because I'd never been in a band before and suddenly mm. I was it's it's Nadia Shake and I was like oh guys you want to play with me but I need to like command this thing so I didn't know how to do it and they've been with me for years and it's very collaborative but I didn't know how to do it the first time we played and then one gig turned into another and another so it's all I've had to work at everything. And how much um, have they helped you along the way in terms of that, in terms of that confidence? And have you have you found how how much have you learnt from them as a as a band? In oh, terms hu- of- hugely. I mean, just it's so different to go on a stage and play 
with other people. A lot of people say they wouldn't be able to go on this on a stage by themselves and I found it harder to do the opposite because I'd been doing it by myself and I, to this day I still feel very confident when I'm by myself because it's all on me if I mis- make a mistake I can pick myself up and no one else is relying on my mistake or mm. or I'm not relying on someone else's mistake and it's whereas other people are like I can't just stand there by myself and have everyone yeah. look at me so for me it's the other way around and I, I'm super confident with them and like we've been doing it for for years and and I love them and we get on so well and we understand each other very well but it's very different and you're always learning and it's two more pairs of ears on the same thing and two different perspectives on the same thing I'm not a drummer I'm not a bass player I've got ideas but I would never be able to execute them or maybe even explain them the way they can and they might hear something in what I'm doing that might be a great idea that I wasn't thinking of so I think we learn from each other constantly yeah have you managed to it's interesting that dynamic and you say that you 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 know you've mainly found it kind of easier on your own have you managed to kind of relax into that a little bit now and and actually do you feel like you can make mistakes now do you you know what i mean Uh, do you feel like they've they've they create spaces for you to kind of like (laughs) i mean it's a a bit if you know what i mean yeah i mean it's it's hard because you always want to go out and play your best even when i'm acoustic i want to play my best um but if I play, say, the wrong chord, still sounds good. But if I was playing with the bass, it might clash horrendously. That's the kind of thing I'm thinking about. Or or in terms of structure, if suddenly you like add another chorus or like another verse or you slow it down a little bit, you, you don't have that scope with a band. But I feel super comfortable and confident. And we've made and, and it's part of like the the knowing what like the, the, the learning and the knowing what you're doing, like knowing that if you make a mistake you're in a group and you need to pick yourself up and also there is space for mistakes and we feed off each other so if someone makes a mistake we're all we're all with each other like probably no one else can tell but we know and we can pick it up and that's what makes us a great unit because we we work as one we're not like i'm not just playing and they're doing the thing in the background like we we go together and um and i think it's important to have that dynamic with your band because you need to be able to enjoy it as well and everyone will make mistakes it's live it's impossible not to make well i mean it's not impossible i've played gigs where i've not made any mistakes loads of gigs but it's very easy to make a mistake when you're doing various things on a pressure like time pressure on a stage everyone looking at you and we're human and knowing how to work together to like pull through that's the most important thing and most of the time people don't notice it's just us and we're like oh that was a shit gig i made like this mistake here and this mistake here and everyone's like it was great oh but we made this mistake what mistake so no one really no one really knows it's all in our heads mostly most of the time (laughs) at least how would you describe your music in terms of well in terms of what it does for the world wow that's an intense question um so okay i think sonically sonically my music is a mix of loads of things because i'm a singer songwriter i write songs on a guitar uh or a piano and my voice like for me the the most important thing is the song um Mm -hmm. and that's what i've always loved 
I've always loved the Beatles for the songwriting, uh, Oasis, Stereophonics, David Bowie, like it's all down to a great song and something that moves me emotionally. I love pop music and I love guitar music and I love guitar music that is pop. So my songs are singer-songwritery lyrics, stories with very poppy melodies dressed in guitars. Still very I pop, like it. it's not I very like heavy. That. Yeah. It's not very, it's, it can get heavy at some points. It's heavier songs, but I love, I, I don't know. There's something about a guitar that's distorted that just like moves me, but it's still very poppy. And for me, I love being on a stage and connecting and like performing songs. And for me, what music has done for me is move me emotionally and teach me things and feel it. You know when you're sad and you put on a sad song and suddenly you feel understood but slightly less sad or just dwelling in your sadness or a happy song on a sunny day like it's it's feeding you emotionally and for me music has been very inspiring and I think to the world what I'd like to do is like feed them inspiration companionship and emotional connection as well as stories that are meaningful. I, I don't like a song that's like, unless it's like a great hook, like a great riff or something, and it's just kind of like the lyrics are a bit plainer. I need like just stories. I mean, I don't know. There's just so many songs. Um, Local Boy and the Photograph by Stereophonics. That story is like, and especially you might not quite get it unless you know the background of the story. And then when you actually know what it's about, it's like, what the hell so it is it is about getting those stories out into the world yeah when when you're when you're on stage do you feel comfortable do you feel more comfortable having a an instrument on you absolutely yeah that is my hiding place <laughs> <laughs> it's a hiding place but also i mean there's obviously especially with young artists there there's 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 you know sort of a a split between those that will probably get out there especially that go into the pop realm go out there and and do the dancey bit and you know yeah kind of dance along do do the dance routine or whatever but do you feel do you feel if you've got an instrument that not only have you got your voice but you've got the voice of the instrument as well that you can potentially sometimes say something else with the with the instrument at the same time i mean yeah if, if i play a solo that's not me singing it's me playing something that's also emotional in yeah. a sense um also I, I i like playing and i know when i play and i sing i perform differently i've also done gigs where i've just taken the mic for a song or for a part of a song and it's very fun i do enjoy it a bit more so now before i don't know what to do with my hand probably still don't but I do enjoy it and, and it's a different type of connection because you are you can approach the audience in a different way when you're playing you've got a mic like you can't move a lot whereas yeah. if you've got a mic in your hand you can go wherever you want yeah you can get closer you can get closer to someone else it's different and I, I do enjoy that but I'm an instrumentalist and even I, I wouldn't mind just singing some songs and I love singing and interacting with the crowd but I also love playing and I'm a singer-songwriter. I'm not just a singer. So I like doing both, but more so playing. 
you mentioned Avril Lavigne. Is there someone? Yeah. <laughs> is there someone sort of on on the? I mean, Avril's still going, obviously, but is there someone on the current scene that you're quite inspired by? Uh, yes. Looking around at the moment. I'm obsessed. In fact, I'm obsessed with. Oh, you can't see it. Wonder Horse. I'm absolutely obsessed with that record. I got it for my birthday from my band. I'm so obsessed with it. They were like, we got you a vinyl of it. And I was like, yes. Um, yeah, what I'm obsessed with it. What is it? What is it about that record and, and that that I think it mixes all those oh, things just... I was telling you about. It's like great storytelling, get great songwriting. Lyrically is like amazing. The melodies are very pop, but it's kind of dark and guitar-y and brooding and like I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just great. It's just really good. <laughs> it takes all the boxes for me. It's it's there on every scale. It's it's. I've cool. listened to it back to front so many times. I don't yeah. skip songs. Which is how music should be listened to. Are, are you quite? Um, how do you feel about the way that a lot of music is listened to these days? That you know people tend to just get in and because if if you're an artist where you're trying to tell stories and you're 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 writing songs where they are a complete thing and yet we have a you know we have a society that tends to go oh 30 seconds all right on to the next thing how how do you feel about that it's hard because you're putting so much effort into something um i think it's positive and negative for someone like me because i don't have the money to go and record album after album after album. In fact, I've never done an album. I've done EPs. Um, but the new model means I can put one song out and then another song out and keep on feeding my music without having to completely go bankrupt every time I want to make some art. However, because I do love an album and I create a body of work, it's kind of frustrating that that body of work is not yeah. potentially listened to as such. But there's also more scope for discovery because one song could pop, but a whole album to pop is much harder because people just don't listen to it. So yeah. it's pros and cons. Do you, do you think it's I, important though that I mean, you know, we're hearing more of the, I suppose, bigger singer-songwriter artists now actually publicly saying a lot more. This album was designed for vinyl it was designed to be listened to in one sitting uh, you you know this is how i would like you to listen to it and do, do you do you think we're do you think we're heading back that way a little bit um i i think super fans will still listen that way um and i don't think it matters the age there'll always be like the one song that you love the most that you put in a playlist if you're working you're going somewhere you're just going to listen to like because that's just how people work and it's like back in the day people were making mixtapes and whatever and, and recording songs of the radio and then put them putting them in a compilation or whatever it's kind of the same thing but now it's a click whereas before it was an actual like process <laughs> yeah um but i think like real fans someone that loves a band like me like i've listened to the album back to front so many times and an album really needs to like grab me for me to listen so many times to it back to front um but i think like if someone is a real fan or a super fan they will still listen Especially if they're if they're buying like a physical. Yeah, it will be interesting to see in years to come whether 
music has had the same kind of impact on a generation on this generation etc moving forward as it has in terms of previous generations i mean i i know that i know virtually every song <laughs> and yeah. every lyric to every song of any anything that i listened to whilst i was a certain age yeah all right i struggle these days to remember song words from newer songs just because we're constantly hearing new stuff and there's almost too much whereas back in the day it was literally like you had to earn your money go out buy it it was precious to you you know yeah. you'd put it on that record player and then you'd put it on that record player and you'd put it on that record player again and again and again and you, you know or tapes and you'd wear them out and you'd have to go and buy a new one yeah um and you literally did play things to death yeah but it meant that you know all of that was completely absorbed and you know i i understand in a way why a lot of people of my generation look at music from the past and say oh music was better back then and music you know there's no good music coming out now i understand why they're saying it it's because they can't actually connect to music now in the same way that they used to yeah. and it's because they didn't they, they the time hasn't been there it's completely unfair though to to new music if you know what i mean i'm just hoping yeah. that that changes slightly <laughs> i mean I, I i understand because i uh i'm from when i was a kid like spotify wasn't a thing the internet when i was like i don't know when the internet started but i remember like the old laptops and stuff and well the first, my first my first release, <laughs> my first release was was when spotify was starting that's when i put my first music out so I didn't really know what Spotify was. I had to like do research to find out how to put my song on Spotify. Um, and I I used to like buy CDs and like literally cherish them and like look at all the like the booklet and like all the lyrics and everything. I am that person. But I also think that there is a lot of great music now. Um, I think that people from your generation might say that because of the connection that they had in that sense, but also it's going back to what's familiar. It's like you just know it. It's like that's why when something that's like new but sounds slightly familiar, but you can't pin it down, that's why people take onto it because it's familiar. It's like you just get drawn to what you know. Yeah. Um. And I also think because now anyone can be an independent artist, there's a lot more music, so it's harder to find the things that might connect with you. Um. So I I do think there's a bit of both, but I think. That music will still impact people in this generation a lot, and there's a lot, especially, oh, sorry, especially because with the internet, it's so broad, and anyone can be part of a community. And there's a lot of like niche communities going on at the moment. Um, so, like, for, like the emo scene is kind of like coming back, and it's like probably stronger than before. And anyone can be part of the emo community, and it's on TikTok, and it's like everywhere. And all the old bands are having a revival now. So it's always going to, I think it's always going to impact. You. It will just depend on the person, how much you like music and your taste. Because we're talking about people like us who went and buy, like bought records or like CDs and cassette, whatever, depending on what you like to do. 
but there's a lot of people that just listen to the radio and they just listen to the few songs that were on the radio. They might get one CD from the artist they like or like the Christmas compilation of something with the biggest hits of that year. So there's always going to be people that are not lingering onto like a music community or like niche or like going the extra mile to go to gigs. They might just go to like the one Adele gig in their life because they're like Adele kind of thing. So yeah. there's always going to be that. And also like when the Beatles started and stuff, maybe, yeah, like it was singles. You have a seven inch and you have two songs, maybe four if they're like really short on each side. So it's not like, oh my God, music is getting shorter and like albums are disappearing. It's going full circle because I couldn't do my my EP Undefined on a seven inch because the songs were too long. So that's back true. in the day, it was cheap, but you'd go in the studio, cut one song, to ab it that's your that, that's your single out yeah no absolutely i do think i think i think we're we're finding uh all of those things coming into play i think you know more people are going back to the physical forms of music because they are they want to show their appreciation and they want to they, they want to actually give the time to spending a bit more time with music i think i think the pandemic changed a lot of that in particular yeah. i think i think we actually we slowed down a little bit for just enough time to for people to kind of appreciate what was important in life and, and i think you know music was taken away from people or live music was taken away from yeah. people and i think it was you know <laughs> for a lot of people it kind of made them appreciate what you know what this could be like if if that disappeared we just need yeah. governments to listen to that now and start uh changing things so that musicians can actually play live uh, yeah. and, and and afford to do it oh sorry got political there for a minute <laughs> well it's like the, the thing that was least supported in the pandemic was the thing that people were clinging on to the most art whether it's listening to music making music um reading books, watching series and films, um, It's painting. what kept everybody going, right? It's, it's art, what kept it's art. Everybody going. Yeah. Any sort of creative form, knitting, anything, like making fashion, yeah. making your own clothes or like up, up, upcycling stuff. It's it's all the creative stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, that's no, what no, yeah. That's no what one was like, oh, I'm a bit bored, I'm going to do a spreadsheet. Oh, I'm sure someone did, but. <laughs> if, you, if that was you. Do let us know. <laughs> Definitely not me. Oh no. Oh no, oh, I no. Couldn't, couldn't think of anything worse than than getting excited by a spreadsheet. I'm sorry out there if that's your thing. Um, but you're, I'm sure there's people that like spreadsheets. You're, you're probably not listening to this. Um <laughs> Nadia, thanks so much for coming and, and talking to me today. T tell us where people can go and listen to you. And and where's the best place for, for people to listen um, to you? Any DSP, so Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, Amazon, whatever it is you use, YouTube, um, pretty much everywhere. I'm halfway through releasing an EP, so I've got three songs out from it, The Shadows, Quiet, and Broken Bridges, and there's a lot of new music um, coming up as well, so find it everywhere. There's more drops coming. I am at Nadia Shake Music, Shake is S-H-E-I-K-H, pretty much everywhere, um, and apart from Twitter, Nadia Shake underscore. And I'm doing a little tour at the end of the year in September. Well, not the end of the year, September. Um, we are, have so far announced London and Manchester and tickets are on sale. So 
if you like heartfelt poppy guitar music then <laughs> come see us play which, which, which <laughs> why wouldn't you then then do that i did are you planning to go anywhere else are you planning to try get around other bits of the country or not it's in the works nothing confirmed so at the moment manchester and london are the place to be um and there's one in spain that we're going to announce soon wow brilliant spain as well uh promoters around the rest of the country uh you know if you'd like to get nadia there we're uh, available <laughs> particularly in the southwest hello folks you know who you are um you know we'd love to see you down here well we're country. actually um we're doing sorry i forgot to mention we're doing two alt escape shows on saturday the 13th at, in brighton um wow, so if cool. anyone's going free entry if anyone's going to uh great escape or alt escape or we'll be there <laughs> yay no that's brilliant thank you as i say thanks for for coming on no um, thanks for having me that was that was really fun thanks for talking a little bit about you and your music um if you're at a gig uh of nadia's you know do do shout out a particular beatles song that you'd like her to play <laughs> request <laughs> yeah Ooh, but, get, but give a notice you know <laughs> yeah let me know in advance please <laughs> yeah no, let her know maybe maybe let her know a week in advance so she's at least got time to, to, to sort that out nadia thank you so much for coming on thank you for today. having me if you've enjoyed this please share with other people uh so that other people get to know about artists just like nadia um it's not because I, I I really can't care whether um, I'm, I'm famous or not. That's I've, I've kind of passed the uh, sell by date on that. But Nadia uh, and and any of the other musicians that appear on the show really could do with your support. And do please uh, download their music and pay for it if you can as well, because that really helps. Or buy them something when you see them. Um, or just give them a gift voucher, whatever. Just yeah. any way that actually helps them live. All right, because music does cost money to make. Until next time, this has been Graham with My Music. Bye for now.